0: The year is 2003. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is my marvelous year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year Podcast and Reading Club, where we go through the history of Marvel Comics from its origins to today. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today, we're starting to read through the Marvel comics that were published in 2003, and we got ourselves a big Fantastic Four special. Fantastic Four are back. We're going to see in what kind of way. I've introduced myself. I'm Dave. I am joined today as always by my co-host charlotte fierro charlotte her first words were (laughs) (laughs) it's been about how long has it been it's been 40 seconds yet her first words to her parents they said can you say mama can you say dada and she said the queer agenda how's it going (laughs)
1: <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> yes i was possessed by the queer agenda by the agenda by the queer agenda as, as a young child and it's it hasn't let go of me since
0: <laughs> listen I, that could be a crossover in in the right kind of comics universe <sighs> right god
2: yeah dr queer <laughs> that's a grand more it still feels Maybe like it's either a Grant Morrison. A Morrison or toss like, offline, right? Or like an a, Ethan Van Skyver comic, depending
0: on what angle oh, you have. Yeah, to come uh, out yeah from. I was
1: thinking Dennis, <laughs> honestly.
0: Oh, okay. in most circumstances it goes very bad, very fast. I yep. think we can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're also joined today by a very special guest joining us here for probably the duration of two thousand three. We'll see beyond that. Um, this individual, they uh I'm I'm excited to have them. They are my bitter rival. Every time we've had them on in the past as a guest, because they're the most they're the most common recurring guests we've ever had in the history mm. of my marvelous here. Uh, every episode ends and this is usually off mic, but I say, I'll see you in hell. And he mm-hmm. says, not if I see you first and then burns my face with acid. It's Zach Dean. How's it going, Zach? Good. And I am running out of acid. Um, I face was surprised. Big. Now my
2: face is burned verbally as well.
0: Um, yeah, I no, was having I a mean, big
2: face bad. I thought I was complimenting you. The, the bigger the face, the wider the kisses. That's what they always say. <laughs> right, right, right. No, it is a
0: classic compliment to say someone has a real big face <laughs> and gives very wide kisses. But we got Zach and here today. We're going to talk Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo. We're going to talk about Unthinkable the uh, very memorable Dr. Doom arc. Then we have a Patreon backer request, Fantastic Four Unstable Molecules, which is a really interesting one to dig into. And then I shoved Sentinel in here. (laughs) I shoved in Mm -hmm. six issues of Sentinel. Now, to be fair, to be fair to myself, 2003 is cramped. 2003 is loaded. There's a lot of comics that I was trying to weave into this year. It is a full year of comics. I didn't, you know, the Patreon backer request came later, right? So so when we had the initial list that I put together of the comics that we're reading, you know, I'm doing that without the inclusion of the four-issue Patreon backers. And then we get that on top of things, which, thank you to the backers over at patreon.com slash my here who are recommending comics for us to include and then critically savage and evaluate. Um, not the comics, really, so much as the Patreon backer themselves, which is what we will yeah. be doing. When we talk mm-hmm. about unstable molecules, uh but yeah, this let's see, this is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-part year. This is an eight-part year. Have we ever yeah. had an eight-part year? Maybe I
1: don't know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe. I think we're so, on the street. Like, I don't know. Late to, don't early nineties, so. maybe.
2: maybe. I don't know maybe maybe that we have seven parts, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty packed, and then like. It's, that doesn't mean, like, can can you imagine if we were going at the pace we were going before? Uh, but even with that, we, uh, we picked it up here. I think today we did 16 issues, 17 issues. So, like, it's eight parts, but we're not reading, like, eight issues per, 10 issues per. Yeah. No. 14, 18, something like that, each one. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But I'm looking forward. I mean, again, stuff goes down a little smoother, depending on the comic, than it did in the 70s and 80s. Um. Not always. Sentinel um, does not, but <laughs> Sentinel is somehow. Early reviews are in. Uh, yep, yeah, it somehow does have has very little substance, but uses a lot of words to say it. <laughs> wow! Wow! So, yeah. We're gonna have. Yep, fighters. coming out strong. Sorry, so, sorry, Sentinel lovers. All the Sentinel has <laughs> which are
0: gonna be furious. All one of you. Um, out I think there. you're gonna be surprised at how many people like Sentinel, but we're gonna start with Fantastic Four. First. No, I don't think I will be
2: surprised. Oh, I, I you're read it be being shocked. Like, Some people will defend this, but.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be shocked. Uh, I don't just um, to say, because uh-huh. I was
2: um, wrongfully accused before starting to record the podcast of uh, not always reading these comics. And I don't remember. I don't know what that's coming from. I don't remember a time when I've ever done that. I don't think there's any record of that. I've always read all the Last comics. Yep. And uh, not only did I read all the comics for this episode, I did read the ones that Dave skipped of Fantastic Four, because in 2002, we read up to 61, and then he jumps from up from 61 all the way to 67 <laughs> i read 62 through 66 yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like i'm doing my homework out here i'm going above and beyond i'm getting an a plus i'm getting kisses from the teacher so let no one accuse me of not reading all the comics that and certainly don't through. let
0: anyone accuse your teachers of being too familiar i oh, think that, that, accusation. <laughs> 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 that accusation that accusation has flown around a lot lately um, um. I <laughs>
2: I will say, though, you know, we talked about, like, the Fantastic Four run as being a, a read-it-all run, this Wade Moiringo run. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know what? Those issues are good, 62 through 66, but you were right to cut them. <laughs> like, <laughs> you were correct, Dave. Uh, they, they
0: were fun, but didn't feel as essential. I mean, I always so. say this, but, you know, it's 2003. It could be somebody's first year with us. Like, the cutting of issues, per se, is not always a quality evaluation so much as this is a curation of the most essential and hopefully some of the best of that year, right? And good stuff in really good runs that are consistent does get lost in that shuffle. Um, I wouldn't that's... even say
2: it's consistent, though, because the those no. issues were kind of like, okay, these are okay. These are fun. Like, if yeah. you're into this Fantastic run, they're okay. But then, like, it jumps up with the arcs that we read. And, like, it starts out strong, kind of then hits has a couple little, like, fun, but... Somewhat insignificant, right? <laughs> I'll just say, a math demon comes out of a math realm that Reed Richards, Reed Richards creates, and it ends by him defeating it by being like, love isn't a uh, equation that you solve, and then <laughs> blasting the math demon. That um, sounds right. So it sounds yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not that great.
0: Okay, so Zach okay. Uh, down on record is saying, love is an I... equation you can solve for, and uh, <laughs> he's on the side of the math demon. Charlotte, did you? Uh, Read any extra Fantastic Four? Did you read would any you, comics? Would you weeks? also like kisses from the teacher for extra credit?
1: <laughs> I mean, I I made the mistake of reading unstable molecules before and Waringo's uh, Fantastic uh. Four, so I didn't have any energy to read more Fantastic Four after that. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, I, I I need to go back because like we'll, we'll talk about it when we talk about the the actual issues. But I'm I'm all in on this run. Like it's it's really really fun, and those those Doom issues were. Some of my favorite Fantastic Four issues ever. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I haven't read the, the few issues we, we missed, but I, I, I'm sure I will go back to, to, to read them at some point because like, I'm, yeah, I'm really fan. interested in, the, in this round.
0: I had a wonderful time rereading Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo. Mike Waringo is so flipping good. This is what we said last time, but I just want to double down here. Like It's to the point where... So we read issues 67 to 70, and then 500 to 502. And all the issues we read are listed in the show notes. And you can also get access to the full spreadsheet via patreon.com slash year. And this looks like a massive jump in issues. Like it did some sort of weird hop to issue 500. It is not. they Marvel just renumbered the series because they realized Legacy the anniversary issue was yeah. coming up. This is a thing that we are going to start seeing with some regularity. Or at least it's going to happen. Because, you know, Marvel, they tried to renumber everything post Heroes Reborn in 98. And what they're realizing now in the early 2000s is like, oh, it's actually pretty cool to have a 500th issue <laughs> of, a, of a thing, um, and it's a, it's a very common comics problem uh, across Marvel and DC uh, these days. They try to have their cake and eat it too, more often than not at this point. But anyway.
2: you know, I kind of I think they kind of solved it with the yeah, we'll renumber for each little like volume, and then they'll have underneath, you know, Fantastic Four number 25, it will say legacy issue. Yeah, six twenty-eight. Well, well I think they told they do
1: it for a few years and then they stop and then they do it again for a few years and then they stop. Yeah. Then they then they stop. Yeah. So, right <laughs> yeah, now they're doing it. They've been since like twenty nineteen, maybe. Um, with I hope they keep going because yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the right idea.
0: I think if they keep going with that, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think I'm I'm generally fine with that approach. Um, so yeah, so we have six seven seven Z and five hundred five hundred two. These this is called unthinkable. It's a full on Fantastic Four Doctor Doom It is massively meaningful and also just good but the thing i wanted to say first off is i really dislike the design of doctor doom in this comic mm-hmm. yeah it look like it's this it's this different <laughs> yeah. approach where he's got these little cables that just look like little green worms in his armor and uh and you know what it makes no flipping difference <laughs> the comic is so good that it in no way diminished my enjoyment of what I would say is like a pretty flippin' perfect Doctor Doom versus the Fantastic Four story. I mean, I I love this. Let's let's hear from both of you. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, on the on the Doom design, it doesn't feel as like oh, we need to make this cool for for the kids like as much as like Ultimate Fantastic Four kind of does. Yeah. Um But it it's weird. I think it's anchored in the idea that this is a story about like magic, Doctor Doom, and um, they want to reflect that in giving him more like hellish, demon like. Um, suit but yeah it doesn't really work even like when with the the first time we see him in those issues he's just like a normal guy wearing a suit and he just has like a mask on um i think it looks cool but it doesn't look like doom if that makes sense uh it's mm-hmm. it's weird to see doom out of his armor uh, like that and trying to behave like a normal person it is um, a cool look, because they do It's be, a very cool look, but, ma- yeah, yeah, I don't know, maybe not Master Doom thing. enough, which I guess is the point, like, he's trying to to go undercover, but, yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: <laughs> which is funny that his covert undercover approach is, I'm going to wear a cool green cape and a cane and still have a silver mask. Like, yeah. that's undercover Doom. Listen, the guy's wearing a
1: green cape and a full suit of armor day-to-day. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> for him, that's like... <laughs> Stealth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it, it's good. It's like it starts off. I don't know, like Doom is trying to find his like old lover Valeria, who him named uh, his uh, goddaughter, the uh, the daughter of uh, the Fantastic Four um, after. And like I thought she was dead, like she died when they were killed or something. No, she's just living in the U.S. in some like I don't know carnival fair kind of place. I wasn't sure. Like it's a city, but like every. Every single shop is, like, a fortune teller, which is weird. We, um, we have a
0: lot of those here in the Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's specifically a town who's, like,
2: they said, you know, their whole tourist culture is fortune telling.
1: Yeah, like, I guess. That's what it um, was ta- I
2: mean, you know, kind of like a Salem, Massachusetts, which every, you know, store and gimmick is about. Yeah. Uh, the witch trials. Or well, um, Fortune Missouri.
1: He, like, finds her and basically sacrifices her to, like, makes her think he wants another shot at their relationship and then t- – when she goes along, finally when he convinces her like he just sacrifices her to get his powers uh, for for the rest of the, of the story it's like we've i don't know there's an instinct at least i have that instinct of thinking good doom stories are when he's like slightly allied with the fantastic four or they have to work together in some way or he he's yeah. behaving more nobly uh, in in ways like he can be read as the hero of the story um, and here they don't go that route at all like he's just the worst person and he he's mean he's nasty like once he like he wins he's here. so
2: mean when he murders his ex-girlfriend no no but no,
1: no, like, i know he's so mean he's so mean, <laughs> he's so mean. no but bully. like he we we i we've seen him maybe win a few times but it's just like he just kind of taunts them and makes yeah. them see their failure he, here he just like tortures them like very violently like yeah he's just getting destroyed by a few monsters uh um being like i know picked apart um sue is constantly on fire like it's it's very nasty and and violent which like we haven't really seen of doom uh so far um and yeah it makes it like i know it makes it it makes him Really scary, which like yeah, Doom. Of course, Doom is scary, but like it feels more real. Like when the, the Fantastic, and not only that, but the fact that he basically sends one of their kids to hell and kidnaps the other, like it feels more real. It, you get why the the FF are as angry and like a, as they are. Where it, it does a very good job at raising the stakes for a like villain hero duality that we've seen. For 500 issues now, it still manages to to make it fresh again, which is, I think, really impressive. Yeah.
2: Dave left like 90 seconds ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know you... Okay.
0: Don't uh, don't do anything on my account. I jotted down one note, and then I, I literally couldn't hear either of you anymore. <laughs> it was like, it's like that's what I get for note taking. Uh, Charlotte, one thing I wanted to call back on that you just said, I think Wade and Waringo here beautifully lean into a cruelty to doom. Yeah. That I think is easy to overlook. And because I and I do this as a fan as well, but like you kind of start to celebrate the nobility of this incredibly cool character and I don't know, even the secret wars version of the character where it's like, well, maybe he would be a really benevolent ruler if <laughs> just given the chance. And Wade as sort of this comics classicist in the vein of Busiak, is like, no, Doctor Doom is the prototypical Cruel supervillain tyrant, we cannot forget that. And at, honestly, the end of issue sixty-seven, where he finds Valeria, I can't sit here and pretend I am like shocked. But I had forgotten that twist was coming. I actually yeah. had, and it's not a thing you should ever forget with Doctor Doom. And that's kind of the point. Is like no, he's <laughs> your not, downfall cause... and Reed Richards' downfall. <laughs> totally, totally. Because it's like, because I don't know. You do think of this character, and it's like, oh, but the reasons he's so fascinating is because he's perpetually on this supernatural quest to rescue his mom. And, uh, and, and, do, and Wade and Marengo do a nice job here of recapturing, like, oh, yeah, and as a Latverian boy, his he had this romance with Valeria, and then his parents were taken from him, and, you know, he's been on this vengeance quest. Like, it's very easy to view him as, as the aggrieved party, and sometimes correctly, you know, um, in terms of things that have happened to him, but then you have to, like, bounce back and be like, "Oh yeah, but like there there are ways to bounce back from being the aggrieved party that are not becoming
1: a time a child."
0: <laughs> and and yeah. yeah, and everything else that happens here, um it's so good. It's so flipping good. Um and also just like so we learned earlier, and I apologize if you recap this, but like we learned earlier and we we read these um in 2002, Dr. Doom's the only one who can, you know, help uh help along the childbirth of Valeria Richards, who he gets the name the reason the Richards' second child and first daughter is named Valeria is because of Doom, who names him af- who names her after her love, which also I think adds weight then to issue sixty-seven, where it's like, and he would kill that love if it meant all the mysticism and, and magical powers that he's ever wanted, essentially, right? Like he would, he does think in his head. Doom thinks, "I love you so much," right? It's kind of like a, it's kind of like that endgame moment with Thanos, or maybe it's Infinity War. I forget which, but where he's like. Gamora, I love you so much. This this hurts me more than it hurts you, but it's her death, you know, and it's the thing he's willing to do. Um, that is that is exactly what Doom does here with Valeria, so it's wonderful. Zach, did you did you get to say what you thought of these issues?
2: I haven't. Um, the uh the, the Doom stuff is you 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 kind of keep talking like it's something that you know I always forget or something. I, I forget. I think because it's been a while and ruthless. But I'm like I don't remember, remember doing anything like this like i feel sure. like this is him you know this, this is the first time we've seen it so i think this is you know him like crossing new lines we've never really seen him in this mode so it's not like oh yeah i forgot that doom can like work in this mode i think it's this is the first time we've seen him like i mean torturing the fantastic four just for you know he has them under his will and he's like literally torturing them lighting sue on fire <laughs> and like um yeah sending the one of their children to hell uh yeah it's i think it's a level up at nastiness um yeah, all all this works really well for me. I, I'm I'm definitely enjoying this this run. I think the uh, the stakes are really good here. I like the um, like Mark Mark is Mark Wade is definitely like in conversation with the legacy of these characters, and you know he's like taking his stance on like what he wants like Reed to be specifically, right? Like he really wants to talk about Reed as the like the analyst and the like. St- hyper focused on logic and you know to his downfall so i really like like doom taunting him with the uh <laughs> you know, like, you can get out of here you just need to learn like an extremely simple magic spell and here's an entire library um i think that's kind of a fun setup That's great. i think like some of the like the ways that it plays out are kind of dorky to me honestly like reed just being given a magic ring that like if reed just admits that he's, uh, humble, <laughs> starts becoming more powerful than anything Doom can ever do. I think it's, I don't know, that doesn't, like, I'm not like, oh yeah, hell yeah, he just has to say, I don't know what I'm doing, and now he's the strongest wizard alive. Um, I, I that didn't really, like, land that well for me. Um, but, like, yeah, small, small complaint, I think. Like, th- this is good. I, I don't know if, uh, I'm quite as taken with it as either of you. Like, this doesn't stack up against a bunch of other stuff we're reading. Even, like, the Daredevil stuff we're reading or Ecstatics. Like, it feels very, like... Like, very in line with, like, John Byrne's Fantastic Four. It feels very, like, this is a comic book that's doing Fantastic Four well. Like, it doesn't feel like it's expanding Fantastic Four. It doesn't feel like it's building its own, like, universe or aesthetic, really. It doesn't feel like it's even building the Fantastic Four, particularly in new directions, except maybe taking Doom in a nastier direction. Um... But, like, what it is doing, I think it's doing really well and
0: fun. Like, I, the, I have fun reading these the other challenge. issues. Um, oh, you're still going. I, You're literally cutting out. I actually thought you stopped. No, no, no. Please, please continue. Please go on. I, I, um. <laughs> no, I, I did I did stop. Please go on. Yeah, no, I thought, in terms of the new directions, I think that's an interesting way to analyze this. Because that's something we talked about the previous thing, where, for me, Wade and Ringo are the example of... Getting back to the source material, but doing it super well that I actually really mm-hmm. like. Because everything else, you know, we talked about in the early 2000s that I am over the moon about, it, like you just mentioned, the Daredevil or, or Marvel Knights or Ecstatics, it's stuff that is really moving forward. It mm-hmm. is very clearly yeah. modernizing Marvel, whether stylistically, tonally, or, you know, narratively. And Fantastic Four is not necessarily doing that. Um, it is very much opens with the mission statement of... This is what Fantastic Four were when they were good, and we're going to try to recapture that. I mean, I think in terms of just pure plot, there are some things that move forward here, right? And Like um, just in terms of like, okay, they have a new child, and Dr. Doom has a relationship with his child, and that is relevant. (laughs) That is is important. Um, Moving Doom forward in terms of like going back to his past and being like, well, he chose technology and science. And magic was always kind of an afterthought. What if we flipped that, right? So mm-hmm. you take the yeah. you take the origins and you flip it and you try to do something new, and you end up with a really interesting yeah. result here. I think I think Wade is a little overstated in terms of Doom's forsaking of the dark arts because we've read those stories. You know, like the yeah. classic mm-hmm. Gene Colan yeah. where he, the first time he tries to get his mom, I think it's in Astonishing Tales, and then you know Triumph and Torment, obviously very famously it, with the Mike Mignola art, is a great example of that. Um, but it works. I, I mean, I think in terms of the modern interpretation of doom i mean i think to your point zach in terms of like when was the last time fantastic four was this good i mean certainly i think all of us would say john byrne is the closest and for me it's probably i mean you know it's, it's making a strong case to be second behind Lee and kirby which is what it's trying to do yeah. but i think the yeah. i think the problem with that or the limitation of that is when you hold the source in such high regard you kind of are yourself saying and we'll never meet that or we'll never mm-hmm. beat that, you know, yeah. which, um, yeah. which maybe is a little disappointing. Like, uh, even like Bendis and Malief's Daredevil, I think kind of does a similar thing with Miller where it's like Miller mm-hmm. is the, yeah. is the God, yeah. sure. is the Bible. And it's like, yeah. okay, so you're, you're setting a limit for yourself. Um, whereas ecstatics is a thing that's like, yeah, we have no God, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, there is no one above yeah. us. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> We're yeah. doing our thing. And I think that that actually removes the limitations. Um, I also
1: think there's something refreshing, like, it's been a while since we've seen a, like, pure, full-on superhero comic be this good. Like, even, like, Daredevil, Ecstatics, they're all kind of using superhero stories and characters to do other stuff, tell stories in kind of slightly different genres. This is, like, pure, like, bright uh, superhero stuff. Which, like, yeah. I don't know, this, Spider-Man, Avengers, and maybe a few others are playing into. And I don't remember the last time one of those titles has been it's as good as Spider-Man. This. We
2: just read some... The JMS Spider-Man stuff. I Spider-Man Man in is Fair in enough. the same yeah, yeah that, no, that's... Yeah. That, that stacks right up against this for me. Of, b- both of which are, like... You know, I I think... Uh, like, like neither of them would, would ever be, like, absolute favorites of mine. Because I think they are working too much in the, like yeah, we're just talking about the Silver Age, right? We're just building Silver Age comics still and we're just trying to do like really good modern versions of that. And it's not necessarily that it's not like fresh. I just think that's too limited of a scope for this to ever be something that I'm like over the moon about. You know, I kind of need like my favorite Marvel comics are the ones that kind of reach outside of Marvel comics and pull the rest of the world and culture and art into Marvel Mm -hmm. comics and try to find something, you know, like a new angle to that. But like, for specifically doing like upgraded fantastic four this is you know the the lee kirby stuff but it's like smooth and readable and full of like interesting hooks and the characters are fun like i think it's firing you know on more or less all cylinders I <laughs> oh god there was like definitely one thing mark wade has such a like um this is such a thing with all the the Marvel guys, they love doing this where, like, nerds get the hot girl. It's it's so embarrassing. And I think it's just a, uh, a numbers thing where I just see it so much. This happened in the Ultimate Universe. I remember seeing it a lot there. Sure. But uh, they love doing, like, the Reed Richards being, like, you know, uh, ha- having every hot woman in Marvel be, like, extremely into intellectual nerds. <laughs> um, and it feels always so, like, super transparent. Um, but... Yeah, that I mean, at least that's baked in with these characters, with uh, with Reed and Sue. Yeah, um, right. I like the the Johnny stuff. Johnny running—it's it, a little hard for me to separate because I read there were some extra issues. I don't know if you heard about that, Ugh, but um, uh, mute the the uh, John—I I don't know if it was in these Johnny like running the company. Um, yeah, you yeah, 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 you those get those an opening
0: Yeah, with the good prank war between Johnny and Ben, and Johnny's mm, abusing mm-hmm. his his business privileges.
2: Okay, yeah, well, the stuff that we missed, all that stuff, it's good. Like, the, that worked pretty well. That, that's very fun. Um, just, just bringing the, back the
0: prank wars and doing it well, honestly, yeah. too, though. In a new thing. context. Like, yeah, yeah, like, Wade and Ringo, they nail that. Um, and that's, you know, that, that Barry Windsor-Smith issue that I always go back to, Zach, that you had on a Dean's List in the 80s. It's like, yeah, if you just capture that spirit again of Jack and Stan, I am very here for that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm talking about limitations, yada, yada, but it's like, at the end of the day it is really rewarding to see that stuff recaptured well with some creative vision. I mean, I do think, too, like, Charlotte, I don't know if this is where you're going, and I'm I'm curious to hear what you think about this, but, like, I think in terms of the modernization of it and the smoothness of it, I think this is an easier book to hand to a new reader who's like, why is Fantastic Four big than the Silver Age stuff that it's referencing. Oh, oh, yeah. Right? And I do think there's value there. What do you think? And
1: I, I agree, and I think also that's, like, I didn't think of the the compar comparis- comparison on uh, on Spider Man. I think this is this does it better for me, and maybe it's like the art plays into it. I like Bromida on uh, on um, on AMS with Straczynski. I do think he doesn't hold a candle to 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 Waringo. Like Waringo is so perfect for it, and Bromida is like I don't know. It's, it's he's also less refreshing. We've seen him since. I don't know, late, uh, early yeah. 80s, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's and Spider-Man feels more, I don't know, it, it's, it doesn't feel as much. Mo- well, I don't know
2: why we need to pit our favorites against one another. No, I I mean,
1: I think, you're the one who think, compared it to. Mm,
2: well, I don't know. I don't know about that. Sure. I think we can just um, love all comics equally.
1: But no, yeah, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Almost got
2: Dave to swear there. <laughs>
1: It's uh, yeah, I mean, just like it goes back to it, it goes back to the roots. Like it, that's something I said on the first uh, on the first issues of uh, of the Red Runner. Is like it would be perfect first issues for like, even if it was like a separate universe. Like if it was th- if this was the first mm. issues of Ultimate Fantastic Four, like perfect, that's like incredible. Um, that's and I think it really works on that mode. I, I think it works on the same mode as uh, Ultimate Spider Man on some level, as like being fresh modern like clean storytelling like taking the lessons of uh, of the early 2000s and applying it to like those classic characters and with a, um, a writer that has like a lot of reverence for for the original version yeah. uh, but like yeah it goes back to 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 doing doom to doing the the birth of a kid of the fantastic four some like i love his ben Grimm. like the thing i I, I forgot how much I love the thing. Like it's been a while since we've seen some some good thing uh thing moments, and here he's perfect. Like when yeah. um, when Franklin came back from hell and is like completely traumatized and thinks he's still there. Like he's pulling PTSD, and like swings saying, say, "No, you you you're out of it. We can protect you and all." And like Ben being like, "No, like we, we can't accept that. he's we we're, we're not always safe, and we can always protect everyone. And that's that's fine. We have to live with that." And like. I know he's the most human of the Fantastic Four. He's the heart of the team. And I, I love that. I love that character. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's so, I don't know, no characters are forgotten about. I guess they're all very well characterized, um, which is like a vague compliment, but that's not something I can say of many Fantastic Four runs. Um, well, and
0: you even start to get Franklin characterized post the trauma yeah. of hell, which you're talking about there, which I think has has so often gone completely forgotten. Yeah. Where he's just, you know, literally... It's like, oh, he's being babysat by the Inhumans. <laughs> no need to deal with Franklin. You know, and it's like, wait, this character recreated the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, this guy has importance <laughs> here. Um, yeah, no, I, I do love the family dynamics of it. I, yeah, I think for me, this is like... This is what Wade can do best in the Marvel Universe. Um, and we'll see versions of this that don't work nearly as well, um, certainly. But for me, this is... Just like okay, what's what is my? Because I think a lot of times with the creators who have success and have really strong opinions about these universes and are fans clearly first and foremost, they can come in hot with like a oh this is how this character works take, and sometimes they can just kind of get it wrong. I think John Byrne's pretty famous for this actually. Mm -hmm. He Um, is yeah totally. I mean later day things where (laughs) Wonder Woman is a great example where it's just like like actually like most people don't agree with you, (laughs) and like it winds up not being a good read because of that. It's, it's tough. It's tough because,
2: like, sometimes you do, you know, you kind of want writers not just to be, like, doing their, like, imitations mm-hmm. of, of something that they've read before and just be so stuck in that same mode. But, like, sometimes it can be jarring and it can be, it can just feel wrong if they take somebody and, like, you have to, if you want to do those big swings, you have to sell it, you know? You can't just be like, and now the thing's a misogynist. <laughs> and I didn't, like, and I didn't build to that whatsoever. You have to, You have to sell me that. The thing is a misogynist and then i'm on board
0: i would love to sell you that would you like to buy my copy <laughs> of fantastic four unstable molecules
2: <laughs> oh yeah that's right no he's pretty good there come on he's okay pretty he's good like, there, but, pretty well, good uh, there. <laughs> do we read the same comic <laughs> holy moly the thing holy the guacamole. Things, things like one of the only nice guys there He just you know it's Zach, very good. Date this set. is one of the weirdest things you've ever said. Yeah, <laughs> did you read all four? The things? Yeah, he
1: insults it like he flirts with a woman, and when she's not in, she's clearly not. Oh a yeah, skank, he does he call just... her a skank. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but he didn't mean it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, boy. that's right. I forgot oh about oh boy, I forgot,
0: let's. I forgot. I forgot about Do we have it. any? Do we have any final thoughts? Something to ask for before, before we go with that perfect segue into our Patreon back? You uh, did. Can we
1: read? Yeah, more I here? don't like it, yeah. it's. It's a
2: a series I'm enjoying reading, but it's not one that I like. That's provoking a lot of like thought or critique or even like yeah, I guess it's just like it feels very like it's all plot. It's all plot stuff that I would want to talk about
0: where I'm like, Oh, that's an interesting well, fun I, thing. Well, I do to think do, it's, but, like, it speaks broadly to I, the 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 war for or not not even a war, but just the battle creatively to be like, Can we just can we bank on nostalgia, right? Can we can we run back and do the classics? Um I do think that's kind of an interesting conversation between Fantastic Four and AMS versus basically everything else right now.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, Unstable Molecules was added by Patreon backer
0: Rob M. Thank you, Rob. Been in the Slack for a while now. Thank you, Rob. I gotta say, yeah. I'm gonna say only nice things first, okay? I love that you're paying us, Rob. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's Wait, not are what you me. guys gonna come
2: out hot against this comment? The art was very good.
0: This is a fascinating concept. I Is it? love that this project got the green light. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so. I want
2: to Charlotte, tell us what you think this project is about if you you hate it that much. Do you really I mean, I you, didn't, so Charlotte, you don't I didn't don't like hate
1: it. I was kind of just confused by its existence.
0: It is confusing. <laughs> yeah. It's confusing.
1: Like I don't understand what it's trying to do even though it's very cl- clearly telling me what it's, what it's trying to do, which is weird. <laughs> 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 i don't like. okay can can, can i give my my yeah, like ahead, my ahead.
2: vision on what i think this Pitch it. is i i think i think what sturm's trying to do here is james sturm who um pretty soon after this did not write that many comics but then when it founded like in a, a comic school i think
1: oh okay. about, like a
2: two-year art project yeah, or uh, art school yeah the center for cartoon studies um and then that's more or less what they've been up to because they won an Eisner for this. This one, like this one, the Eisner for limited series,
0: <laughs> which is huh? absolutely fascinating. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what
1: reality have you fallen in? Like what? <laughs> We're in the unstable Malfoy's well, I mean,
0: reality now, Cheryl. Yeah, apparently this is
2: very much like an art comic, right? Which I actually kind of think like is is a bit of a weakness of it is that it's trying to do this in a Fantastic Four setting. I think it is trying to do a small little story of people in a in the late 1950s, Capture the Vibe, it's like a period piece of the 1950s, uh, and it's trying to weave in that the Fantastic Four were based on real people that the authors had, like, met or known through, like, the Grapevine. So you get, Stan, like, Roy Jack Thomas being This isn't a story about
1: Buzz the toy. So it's about the real astronaut that inspired Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, exact, perfect. it's exactly that. Perfect. Perfect. Oh,
2: yeah, all right, you just summed it up better than I could. So it's not really about any ways in which particularly these characters... Like, th- I-, I think the link to it being a Fantastic 4 Lincoln kind of like spoils it a bit because you're just looking for like, yeah. oh, okay, well, this is, you know, here's the sadness that we see in Ben Grimm. It comes from this. And here's this, you know, this real person who's struggling with this real issue. Here's Sue Storm feeling boxed in by her station in life and she's a woman who is like taking care she's taking care of her brother because their parents are dead and she's kind of stuck because of the the roles that like life is imposing on her as you know you need to get married and run a household and there's no room for having an intellect or wider thought or any whatever or sexuality Mm -hmm. etc um the thing is, like, none of that ties into the Fantastic Four, really. <laughs> Except, like, Reed's a dorky scientist and Ben Grimm is kind of a sad guy. Uh, I I guess, like, I, I think actually having it, it... So it's a comic where I read this thinking, like, this is really good. This is really interesting. I wish it wasn't tied to Marvel Comics because I think that does it, like, a disservice. And it kind of feels, like, almost like, um, uh, like a compromise that you know, maybe you would make just to get something done, right? Like to get something published. Well, if I tie it into something that someone knows. Yeah. Because that that part of it is like the least interesting. I think the like you know, the nineteen fifties period stuff in the like small, very small personal stories, I think is effective. It's not like the most well written or well observed thing, but like I think uh I think it captures some like good observations about people feeling trapped in their lives and uh, trying to find ways out. I mean, all these characters are doing that, except maybe Reed. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's that's my pitch for this comic. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay, and it made me wish that I, Sturm had a body of work to go check out that was not like Marvel related. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch that, of stuff. That,
1: that's it, that's interesting. W- like, but I that's interesting. But that I also kind of want to read the comic you just described <laughs> instead of Invisible Like Mole- Molecules. Um, I don't know. It's what did
0: you, what did you think? this comic was going to be charlotte or like where did you want it to be going
1: i thought it, at first like i i thought it was like an alternate universe where the fantastic four like never got their powers and they're just like yeah. i
2: think i thought that too yeah yeah
1: um mm-hmm. i thought that
2: initially also maybe, maybe you got that from me i might have said that i, I think so but like it that's <laughs> basically
1: <laughs> what it is um like it's yeah. the, that that difference uh what, what it actually is is like the story of the real people that Stan and Jack met that inspired them. Like the the idea is still the same. It's like, take the um, like relationships and dynamics and characterizations of like 60s Fantastic Four and apply it to a real world setting and take it seriously, which I think like it succeeds as that specifically in the character of Sue, I think is like, well, well done. Like, and Marvel isn't as introspective with Sue. I, I like, that think could just like, be Sue.
0: That yeah. could be fantastic for Sue.
1: Exactly. I, I think that's like, that's that works well. Reed being an a hole, but like still, he still behaves like Stan and Jack version of Reed. And I think that's like, works well, but he's not the focus, really. Like, if this was just a comic about 60s Sue Storm, like, I think it would work better if it shed kind of the rest. Um, yeah. But like, I don't think Ben is interesting. And he doesn't. Work with like actual Marvel Universe characterization of Ben Grimm for the most part. I don't know, like he's sleeping. I with... thought it was
2: really interesting, but it tied in extremely, like, except in maybe his interaction with Johnny, it didn't really tie into Ben Grimm, which is is what I think why this comic like is almost dis- has a disservice by being like, yeah. And then Johnny has like because you're looking for that nerd connection of Johnny like, has nothing to oh, do well, with this
1: is... Fantastic Four Johnny. Like he's he's like. Ditko Peter Parker. He's not Johnny Storm. Yeah. Um, which, like, I think is also a failure if you're trying to do a, like, take the relationship with the Fantastic Four seriously. Um, so then, like, it leaves us with, okay, but what what is going on with this comic if you forget about the Fantastic Four stuff? And, like, not that much. I don't know. It's... I I I saw it as being just, a pretty... It's just, it's just people. <laughs> it's just yeah, okay, but maybe, it's you not that interesting. Like Zach, so Except for point, Sue. Like, I don't think it's yeah. that interesting.
0: So I think... That's the point. So, Zach, I agree with you that I think it is a little self-sabotaged in terms of, like, calling itself Fantastic Four. And obviously that's what you do to get in the door, right? And it's it's interesting that they're publishing mm-hmm. this. <laughs> there are a lot of comics that are not published by Marvel that deal with yeah. real people <laughs> in, yeah. in, in, in real life yeah, situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I these agree. feelings and, and isolation and being trapped and very human flaws, right? And they do it much better. So I think it's very limited I, by, yes, trying to be this art house version, but kind of with this tacked on framing of being like, oh, and it's a bit century-ish in terms of like, here is a fake story about the original Genesis tying back to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in this case about, oh, these are, it's based on the real people that inspired the characters of the past four. Uh, prob- so I didn't know that premise until I got to the end of issue one, and reading it, I was definitely curious about like the genesis of that and the fact that it was happening but i it did not make me any more or less interested in the comic i genuinely don't care if that was true and it was actually based on those people i don't care (laughs) and it's false and i kind of knew that and it still doesn't really change what's happening aside from you know i did definitely go into this reading it thinking okay they're just doing we're going to revisit the origins but we're going to tell it in 2003, with some some realism brought in, right, mm-hmm. and yeah. everyone is going to be, <clears throat> you know, a, a little a sadder and and more flawed and frail version of themselves. I mean, you know, we right, open Ital- here, Italian
2: Dave just came out, just a little a sadder, <laughs> just a little sadder.
0: <laughs> but like, you know, we open basically with Johnny, you know, stealing his, his comic and going to his bedroom to masturbate, and it's like, okay, this is the 2003. Hey, look at us, we're real. I actually,
2: I almost sent you that image last night. I was like, is he masturbating? Because it really looks like it in for this sure. picture. But I'm not sure. Oh, good. Oh, for
0: sure. Because I don't know if it's that. Well, and basically suggested. to his sister is kind of the the insidious undertone of it because it's Vapor Girl, mm-hmm. who is very much a, a play on Invisible Woman, who is suing in the past four. I, there's some, some weird things to unpack with that. Um, I, I love how this comic opens. First page, part one, title, Rock Hard in the Company of Men. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love Incredible. that for it. Love that no one in any way thought what that might mean. <laughs> well, I'm sure they did. I'm, I'm sure they did. Did they? I because th- this comic is not playing with that at all.
2: Mm. I, uh, I just can't imagine. <laughs> but I also don't know what what
1: else does it mean. Like what? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. It does doesn't make does it mean, doesn't mean, sense. Then? Aside from that. I don't, me, I don't, don't
2: want to say I think this comic actually works. I don't think it's a disaster, but I, I don't think it ultimately works i just think it's kind of an interesting swing uh and it is a very know, interesting like, swing yes yeah i and I, and again made me made me kind of wish that like sturm had more uh more stuff to check out it uh, you want to see what else it was up against in best limited series because i also like it winning <laughs> best limited <laughs> yeah, series feels it. like kind of like the academy awards just being like well this one's artsy <laughs> i guess which is actually the opposite it is it is academy swinging Award for those does. fences
0: and i i don't hold that against it
2: it won against Aerosmith by Kurt Busiak, Empire by Mark Waid, Global Frequency by Warren Ellis, JSA, The Unholy Three by Dan Jolie, and Superman Red Sun by Mark Miller, which is a comic that still gets <laughs> talked about. So okay. Red Sun, I'm I'm a little surprised. That's the one where I'm like, people really like, I like the comic, right? I just like was Red Sun more yeah, than this. this more
0: recent. I like Aerosmith more than this, and I like Empire more than this.
2: Mm, yeah, we almost Definitely. read Empire for extra issues, but uh, didn't uh, didn't make the cut. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I don't know. I, I think part of it, too, uh, the, the part I will admit in terms of my dissatisfaction with this is I don't I may be too big of a fan of Ben and Johnny to enjoy something that is so disparaging of them. You know, like I, I am hmm. maybe too attached to the actual Fantastic Four versions of those characters to in any way want to see the dweebish, sad Johnny and especially the misogynistic, brutal Ben. I mean, like, I think that's... there's more, like,
2: to, to, I, I did forget about that. But I do think there's more to that character than, like, he's a misogynist now, right? Like, I think he is, he's very sweet. To He's the only one who's, like, Fine. sweet to Sue. I mean,
0: you know. Right, like, some he, he, famous, complicated... Uh, famous, terrible people have other hobbies. Like, that's not...
2: Well, no, I... <laughs> I, I think that muttering something under your breath makes him a terrible person. In this, I think he's like muttering under his A breath. messy complex. Zach, you did not read the fourth
0: issue. Yeah. You are you are out <laughs> and over and over again. What do you
2: mean? I don't he, remember what you're talking about. Ben
0: ends horribly. Charlotte, please back me up. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't remember this be, very end. Be, what what Ben does? Yeah, but like he, he, no, he, he's at the bar. The... He's flirting
1: with someone, and he, he she like walks away, and he oh just oh because he yells at Sue her that she's a skank or something like that. Yeah. Oh, because he absolutely spirals
0: into just like abusive misogyny.
1: Because like his his ten years younger girlfriend left him, basically. That's yeah. the reason. Yeah, yeah. And a that's like a bad end. Like he's well, kinda anyway, of, uh, I don't like, I am not here
2: saying like I just want I I just wish he was nice. Like I, I think he's just an interesting character. I like I think all characters I, in comics should be
0: very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I need to I endorse all characters for nicer. me to
2: think it's a good comic. I know, I know that's not really what you're saying, but But uh, I am saying specifically
0: yeah. I like Ben yeah. Grim a lot. And it, it, yeah, cause that was even sure. a thing. And, and I'm no, I'm actually saying that as a, like a failing of myself, right? Like I have a hard time stepping outside of that. But that's kind of the point that I think you're making originally, Zach, which is like, if you just make, if this is just a comic, I don't know. I guess that's the thing, too, though. Is like, all right, let's say this is just a comic about people's lives in the 50s and 60s. And they all have different names and they have no connection to the past four. It'd be boring as hell and none of us would have read it.
2: Mm, it's, yeah. yeah, it would be a little like,
0: well, I don't know. I mean,
2: I, I guess this comic specifically doesn't have enough there, there. To like to really land that, um, but you know, there's plenty of comics that do that stuff. Everything that like um, Chris Ware, you know, it, it feels like it's working in like kind of a Chris Ware, Harvey P. like mode, like a very like underground comics. Yeah, but thing, those Ghost are World, <laughs> like it is the it is the dollar store version of that. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, well, I don't know if I'm gonna trash it that hard, but yes, I I agree. Like I agree, it doesn't. Well, you it doesn't named, stack You, you name two those, masters like, of
0: the form. That's not even trash. Yeah, it but that I hard. like.
2: I'm just interested in someone trying to do you know like uh, Chris Ware, but in the Marvel universe. Like that. That's it. It's an interesting enough swing that I'm gonna. And well, it was only four issues. David so.
0: Aha is coming. Don't worry. We're
2: gonna read I would say the
1: the thing I'm most curious about, like maybe the behind the scenes of this comic, is like the m- like. M- um, Marvel creators side of it like talking about actual Marvel creators the the end of the comic implies that like Roy Thomas Roy Thomas and his wife split up because he wanted to sleep with Sue Storm which is all, like all
2: that's f- all that's fake right like I know but it, like it's, it's writing this like, funny fake history and it's like
1: I know yeah. did the did the writer of this comic like know Roy Thomas are they friends like it's <laughs> it's weird to be putting those actual creators in like the skin of fictional characters and like Right. I don't know it's it, it it's weird. It felt like I don't know if, oh, how intentional it was, but it felt like kind of a dig at, uh, at Roy Thomas. Yeah, well, yeah.
2: we all we all know what Roy deserves. <laughs> <And That's, laughs> that was the part
0: Zach liked the most for sure. I do think the fictional, yeah. <laughs> the sort of leaning into like this fictional biography and playing it up as real, like I almost wish there was more of that. Honestly, um, like if you have more chunks throughout the issue. That mm. we're kind of playing like, you know, like cutting away and being like, and here's the biographers interpreted. Like, I actually think that makes it a more interesting project Um because you really don't get that premise until you finish the first issue. But uh yeah, I don't it's a really interesting inclusion, like like no doubt about it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, I'm very glad we read it. Yeah. I mean, this is an Eisner winning Fantastic Four work. A lot of people really like it. I mean, clearly. Right. Like it's got. Yeah. I'm, I'm a really curious reputation. if Rob added it just because it's interesting. Yeah, sorry, Rob. From,
2: if you're a big fan, Rob,
0: like or. Just let me know why you added it in the Slack. Um,
2: I'm really curious.
0: Well, and it's really easy to sort of, I don't know, sort of argue and be like, well, like, you know, if you're if you're a Fantastic Four fan, right? You're like, you like a certain kind of Fantastic Four story, like the Wayne Waringo stuff we're talking about. You know, it's very easy to just sort of assume that like, oh, well, you know, maybe this really artsy insular thing with no superpowers isn't for you. <laughs> right. I don't think that's it, you know, because there are a lot like I just read Asterios Polyp by David Masicelli. Um, oh, it's so Kelly, good i love which that is, comic. which is flipping awesome and mm-hmm. is very much that down-to-earth just a just a person going through life kind of comic like i love comics like that when they're great uh i don't think this is one of those i do think it is hampered by the fantastic four connections i actually think that makes it kind of worse i i, I think i'm with yeah. you charlotte i actually probably would have preferred this if it was just doing a straight up 60s silver age um uh revision but through the lens of like sue storm specifically yeah, uh, I, I think that's a better, more interesting project to take on because that's the side of things we haven't seen and haven't seen. done. Yeah,
2: before. I mean, Sue is so underserved for, yeah. you know, uh, until John Byrne, uh, <laughs> the, the most feminist man in all of Marvel Comics. Yes, somehow <laughs> your hero. <laughs> it's it's it only half a joke. hero. It's only half a joke. He really, he's pretty good about that stuff. It, sh- it should be more than half.
1: <laughs> that, Can't those, wait for you to love all the Joss Whedon comics. We, we're gonna read uh, in a few years.
0: <laughs> that's that's next year, and that is yep. gonna happen. Um, gosh, Joss Whedon so hot right now. All right, let's talk yeah. things that are also hot. Sentinel, and uh, um, yeah, Dave. What? Okay, here's
2: my guess. Why you added this? Because mm-hmm. you you just wanted to bag on. Akira Yoshida, aka CB Sabolski. Sabolski? Sabluski? I always get this wrong. You um, say
0: Cebluski, but that is. We, we say Yoshida. We call him Naruto God.
1: Sengoku as he wants to. I, we joke
2: about this so much, and then every once in a while, I really think about it. Like, I think about the real thing that happened that this man actually did that for a long period of time. Yeah. Uh-huh. and that it's not just a joke and that it's a real it was a real human thing that a person did and was yeah. rewarded for and i yeah and he is still you know like head of marvel and it is oh my god it's I,
0: i, I can't wrap my head around it it's actually um, pretty mind-boggling but why are you bringing that up <laughs> <laughs> oh because
2: this this is part of well i assume <laughs> i assume that you added these comics because it was representative of the um Oh god, I can't remember what it's called, but there's the um, kind of the manga it's line. It's like the, the manga line, right? Su- the tsunami the imprint ves? of I mean, which manga oh, uh, no. verse, yeah. No, it's called the tsunami imprint. Yeah, yeah, Oh yeah, image. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which was like two thousand three. It's Joe, Joe Kasada and Sabolski were the like the people pushing to like, let's bring a manga influence into comics. So they did like a human torch and an inhumans and a mystique and a namor, uh, and new mutants, runaways. Came out Can we of this. Talk about Runaways them naming the
0: only... it Tsunami. Uh, like,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, a Japanese man did it, so. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, it's it's rough. It, you know um, what, though? Like, okay. Interesting. It's not a. It's poorly executed. It's not a bad idea to, to recognize manga's popularity and to mm-hmm. want to capture some of that on the Marvel side, right? I think that's. <laughs> and then capture none of it except big eyes, but in a. <laughs> right. Not... right. Yeah. Right. It, it's not. It, it doesn't <laughs> actually get captured. But, like, when you yeah. look at the titles that are in this you know kind of like you just said zach like it's not it's not at all what you think it's kind of just it, it's actually basically just like their ya line because it's new mutants mystique runaway sentinel and then you get human torch namor venom venom how the heck does it you know venom fits in just in terms of like artistic style a little bit but it, it basically just becomes like kind of like a younger readers line instead of actually trying to do mangaverse stuff because they do yeah at some point they do actually release some quote-unquote manga which is brutal um but yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it is like i don't know they stan were lee,
2: that stan ahead. lee wrote some manga uh like actually worked with some japanese manga artists oh uh, sure o- yeah Ultimo, uh and he wrote some manga like that came out and i think jump or like a jump spinoff which is extremely funny yeah um yeah anyway that was after this that was like a few years after this
0: yeah i mean so sentinel is is much like runaways um is geared towards a younger audience. It is it's written. much
2: like Runaway is, is very ugly. Oh, get out of town. Uh, get out. Of really town ugly. You clown. Really ugly comic. Just You think awful this is design. an ugly comic? I think oh, okay. It uh it d- design-wise, I think it actually like I I think the inking and coloring is really good and kind of salvages I think that those designs are really Yeah, uh, the, like
1: human people are the problem. Like the yeah. Sentinel, like Sentinels have never looked cooler. Like yeah, I'm sure. The, is. the it, I re-
2: mean, it's trying to do manga, but it doesn't really know how to do that, and so it just kind of looks gross yeah, and uncanny. But yeah, no, yeah. It, it doesn't look terrible. It's same with Runaways. Runaways is actually an okay looking comic. <laughs> get, off, get off of Runaways. Get off your Runaways <laughs> think,
0: until we get there. Jeez, Louise. No, nah,
2: Runaways is okay. Adrian Alfonso R- Slander. I mean, Runaways is much better than this. But there's also some like wonkiness to those human faces. <laughs> I'm gonna Alphone very attuned phone the police. to the human face, Dave.
0: Um, I've just got. I- I agree that this Americanized version of yeah. what you imagine anime might look like is a problem. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really good description. It's like, I haven't seen anime, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> like a problem. Describing I just, it. I think you actually, summed, I think you actually summed it very well there. The, the coloring and the inks salvage, salvage. It's the yeah. first, first name yeah. of Starc. Uh They do salvage it because it's a very clean comic. Um, it's very easy to read. It is ga- aimed at younger readers. Again, we have early high school characters. We have a new character named, um what is it justin seifert and i mean long and short of it is he lives in wisconsin with his dad and his brother yeah Yeah, it's and it's iron giant where he discovers a sentinel um Mm -hmm. it knows it's being iron giant it's not being subtle about it it references iron giant it's not an accident (laughs) you can't accuse it of accidentally doing that the writer here the writer here is sean mckeever
1: oh sorry i i i it's also like a more boring version of Ultimate Spider-Man, like down to the designs. Like he looks a lot like Ultimate Spider-Man Peter Parker, and the the girl he has a crush on kind of looks like Ultimate Mary Jane, also. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah, it feels like a mix between Iron Giant yeah. and, and Ultimate Spider-Man, and it doesn't. I don't know it's not as good as either of those
2: he, by far. Here's the thing: I I can't I can't get too mad at this comic because it is for children. Like I think this is for literal. Twelve-year-olds, right? Like, it kind of feels like it's the was rest made of Marvel
1: comics, evil, Down to the out. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. Well, a and little, Sean, maybe a but little Sean
0: bit. McKeever, like, that's that's kind of the thing that he does well in the early two thousands. Because Sean McKeever will also go on to write um, Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, which is a yeah. really kind of beloved YA, you know, basically romance comic. Um, that is that is yeah, like it is geared for younger readers. Um, I to me, this actually is very reminiscent of a lot of what D C has been doing over the last several years to massive success with their own YA line of comics, right? The Teen Titan stuff, that Cami Garcia is doing, um, You Brought Me to The Ocean, it's an Aqua Lad book, those sorts of things where they're mm-hmm. you know, they're they're I've doing versions of, they're of these characters yeah. for younger readers and they are in those cases expanding diversity. This Sentinel's not in any way doing that. Um but uh yeah, I mean it's not it's not written for for the olds, necessarily. Then again, I, I, read this, I read this after having read a ton of
2: Molly Knox Oster, tags YA stuff yesterday. We're, uh, and how did, did it compare?
1: <laughs>
2: Not well. Not great. Yeah. Well, um, also,
1: I, I read this especially... when I was 16 and I didn't like it then. <laughs> to be yeah. fair. Sure. I think, I mean, if, you're also, said, I think if you're 16,
0: though, you're actually exactly the wrong age because, I don't know, this is a thing people have said a lot. I don't know if it's just me, but like, if you're 16 and you're reading about 16, 15, 16-year-olds... 16 you're actually reading down, you know? Yeah. Like, it's, it's if you're yeah. 11, 12 mm-hmm. reading about high schoolers, then they seem super cool, right? I think that's kind sure. of the... Yeah. Like, you always want to be reading up in terms of the, the age of the characters a little bit, at least to a point. Um, is, I, I think this is a nice to... concept. It's a nice... It's interesting to see Marvel doing kind of a YA Iron Giant thing. Um, the actual Sentinel stuff is, like, is really, really slowly built um, until the end. So unless you're feeling the high school drama of it, like there's not a there's not a lot of marvel universe stuff to to hold you in necessarily. Mm-hmm. I I think it's reasonably well executed. I'm not over the moon about these, I won't pretend that I am. Um but it is reasonably well executed. The biggest problem I had with it actually. So at the end of this, Justin salvages the Sentinel and he rebuilds it and he's kind of reprogramming it, making it friendly, trying to. And uh his his big thing that he kind of does at the end of it is he sets the Sentinel loose to like you know, get back at the bullies and it, it comes attacks the school and all that stuff. And there's kind of some school shooting parallels. This is like post Columbine. I mean, there's that, literally a kid who's like, I just want to get a shotgun and blast those bullies away. Well, I don't, you're giggling at that, but like, that's a thing a 12 year old would say. Yeah. No, that, no, that's fair enough. So I, guess, I, yeah. I, that felt that characterization. I was like, yeah, like kids would say that. Um, I actually don't think it does like, listen, like this is not a fantastic commentary on school shootings. I actually, I thought it would be worse frankly and it's it's kind of mm. like reflective of that in ways that i i think is not horrible anyway the sentinel shows up at the school and there's all these news broadcasts everybody sees it but there's like a weird <laughs> like like nobody knows what a sentinel is and it's like nobody knows about this justin's never seen this thing before in his life okay in 1996 onslaught happens the <laughs> sentinels invade new york city God, i know i know that was on the news <laughs> You cannot tell me that was not on the news. Like, like Sentinels should not be a giant secret. That does not work for me. That yeah. does not work for me.
1: No, I, I mean, it's kind of the Marvel Universe thing where, like, if you're not a superhero, you know nothing about about like superheroes, even though like you run across one every time you go out. Like, I I, I remember like re- reading 2014 Nova. I think I think by Jeff Loeb if I'm not mistaken, and like. There's a kid in the main character's classroom who doesn't believe aliens exist. <laughs> sure. In 2014, yeah. Marvel, mm-hmm. it's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, the Skrulls were here last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like I don't know. It's I don't like it, but it's it... it's very Marvel. Um... I can
0: believe you know the kid in Wisconsin who thinks the X Men are a rumor, right, or something like that. I can believe that. Um, yeah. But like this is a government <laughs> weapon. <laughs> Hundreds of them flew into New York City. Like, how do we? Not I don't believe this? planes
2: exist. <laughs> yeah, like it's kind of at that level. Like, what the hell? Like seeing a, a helicopter fly by. What the hell was yeah. that? Yeah, because it's not like
0: I... a conspiracy theory thing. Like, if it was a conspiracy theory thing, and it was like, ah, oh, you know, the aliens—they're all making that up—and it's you know, it's like the moon landing. Like, okay, like that's an angle you could take. Um, but this isn't
1: that. So, at, it's clearly, that's also a bit like I don't know when if you live in the Marvel universe, like. How do you remember? Like, okay, that's what a Sentinel looks like, and that's what a Cree uh, like like giant Century, robot looks like, yeah. and that's what a freaking Red Richards giant robot looks like, and that's what a giant Iron Man suit looks like. And It's like, yeah, there are that's probably fair. like fifty different robots that have uh, destroyed cities at some point or the other.
0: Like, that's fair.
1: I-, I can get not keeping track of of all of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, the th- one of the other big issues of this, uh, is it's so narrowly focused on young boys it's so honed in for young boys including being really horny for this high schooler
0: well Uh, i was gonna say we got the third issue cover is like like,
2: literally has like high schooler under boob like Like, she's
0: supposed to be a senior i guess so i guess the character is supposed to be. oh and that makes it okay dave it looks like it makes it okay it looks like like an 11 year old old is like they're trying to do an upskirt on an 11 year old like it's genuinely gross
2: you're defending that right now i guess that's what i'm hearing
0: yeah, yeah, no. When I say something's genuinely gross, that is my best defense of <laughs> I that why it, that though, should just... happen. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah, well, it's bad. It's really list, bad.
2: So, you know, I think that's a big endorsement. It is Marvel
0: <laughs> levels. Of, I, I would actually yeah, say that's... this is more insidious than Marvel, frankly. Because Marvel's Shit. not Marvel knows what it's doing, and it's not in any way pulling your leg about it, right? Sentinel, and this
2: is like here's a sixteen year old go- girl who always holds her hands behind her back and arches her <laughs> like chest out, and is wearing a little mini skirt in every like shot she's in, and it's definitely like trying to be a little horny for a.
0: I mean, I believe this too. is what what the kids call a manic pixie dream girl situation. Oh, that too. Oh,
2: yeah, she's miserable character characterization, just terrible stuff, like. You know, yeah, it's really bad. It, you know, inexplicably is hot for <laughs> our little, like, nerdy
0: 13 year old. I definitely did. Like, when I was a sophomore in high school, the senior girls were coming up to me constantly, uh-huh. constantly, yeah. trying to in be looking my friend. Down, like, and
2: towering over you, two feet taller than you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking about their college boyfriends, but coming closer to me. Oh, I could not shake them off.
2: Couldn't shake them. I tried. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um... Yeah, go read uh, Molly Knox Ostertag instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. There's clearly much yeah. better YA, I, I think. You're not technically, mobile, this like is a thing. Runaways. You know, my actual—I mean, yeah. my actual problem why I think this is terrible is like none of the the stuff we're talking about. It's just that it's so wordy. It's so word. It's one it of is, these like, yeah. why use one word when you can use ten? And it's like, having read this the same day as Molly Knox Ostertag, where I'm like, she gets so much done in such little characterization and you know like not to overstate her comics like her comics are doing a very similar thing they're like speaking to teens and they're you know like talking to teens about teen issues and like catharsis for teenagers who mm-hmm. are going through something mm-hmm. but like literally gets at much more of an emotional core in character by using a tenth of the words <laughs> and like yeah it's just so there's so much so little here in so many words um I do you want to say we have talked about both Sentinel and Fantastic Four and stable molecules more than the Wade Fantastic Four. Um, oh, I don't know if that's. I just
0: totally true. I think I, I think that's true. at least
2: uh, it's, it's true. I think it's true. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll check it later. Won't, <laughs> I, mean, I will this. To, there's stuff. a way to verify
0: this, but none of us care to. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna actually check it. <laughs> yeah. But
2: uh, I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of interesting. Just in that, like that weight. Those Wade comics are really good, but in a way that's hard to like break down in any like remarkable way you know like i think charlotte the... and i did a remarkable
0: job i don't know you keep saying
2: <laughs> that's true you did a remark you did a- you both did a remarkable job thank you i always think you do a remarkable job but, thank you um i do I, I i do think like it does speak to the the safeness of those comics a little bit That uh mm. interesting like not so much to talk about <laughs> to, to break down i mean they're um, like just i, generally I don't want to very com-
1: competence but... Like, yeah, whereas totally, like totally, unstable yeah. molecules and Sentinel both have like a lot of stuff to pick apart. Um, yeah, Sentinel's
2: just bad. Like, and we're kind of ragging
0: on it. Unstable molecules, I
2: thought was like interesting. I don't, I don't think Sentinel good,
1: is but...
0: bad. I w- I will say, I think it is probably uh, yeah, it is probably yeah. middle of the road, yeah, and I, I think so. it is an interesting yeah. example of Marvel trying some things in this era. Mm. Yeah. um you got, you know But charlotte said, you like charlotte said, we're gonna read Runaways in three issue, three episodes. And that's a much more yes. interesting. Oh, is
1: comic that this young year? Readers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah it's the same events, like same wave of. Uh, oh yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know. why I didn't. We're gonna get Mystique oh.
0: in that episode. We're gonna get Runaways. We're gonna get the Emma Frost series when she's a teen. We're gonna get all the, mm. the young Readers stuff. Oh, and then like, it's a kind of Wolverine gotta, issue. I don't know why hand I that it that her. There.
1: The only context oh. I have for that Emma Frost stories is, is like I'm I'm working at a um, comic book shop right now, and like they have those issues, and I've just seen the cover when like ordering some stuff. Oh, boy, they look bad. They look really bad. Those covers
0: are (laughs) as horny for Emma Frost as you'd imagine 2003 could possibly be. Well, for teenage Emma (laughs) Frost, let's specify. Specifically. (laughs) Yeah. Specifically, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, this is the Bill Jameis era of we need to design these covers for horny, ashamed teenage boys. Um, But actually, like, middle-aged men. (laughs) But actually, (laughs) our audience is increasingly aging. Right. Uh, no, it's that era, and that that aspect is... Listen, like, I this is, comes up all the time, and Zach, you know, I've talked about it for sure, and Charlotte probably had you on as well, but, like, I have no problem with comics being sexy. I think it is just who's getting to tell that and who's doing the gazing, and is it always massively lopsided? Yeah, um, well, it, it, it's hard to, like, set a rule about, like,
2: this is. Oh, I'll, I'll set the age. This I'll is... set the age of limit rule. That that's one. Oh, that sure. Yeah, I'm we like, can do that one. I don't need. I don't <laughs> need one, the shot. <laughs> that sure, that I'm yes. actually against. Yeah. Yeah. That that one's pretty clear because you know, like I find like there's a lot of the John Byrne She Hulk. Kind of, you I know can bring this up a lot, but like I think a lot of you brought up Burn
0: this episode more than the the 80s <laughs> episodes where we covered these I
2: comics. I haven't read a Burn comic in a while.
0: I think a lot of those are genuinely
2: like very sexy and like empowering of the character, and then there's stuff like the jump rope thing that I feel like step jumps over that line into being like leering and like objectifying, even though it's kind of playful. I'm not like that offended by that.
0: It's like tongue in cheek, segment. but also you're horny and slobbering with your tongue in your cheek. <laughs> Gross. <laughs>
2: yes. Great um, so it, it is hard to like, you know, th- there's no, it's, it's a little bit of like, I know it when I see it kind of, um, where you just are like, it's kind of, do I react going like, oh, gross. <laughs> you know, like you're just yeah. trying, like all you're trying to do is give me a boner here with this cover. Uh, but
0: but that's the versus, thing about this yeah. era is it is trying so hard and so egregiously that it is, I, I don't think it's ever actually sexy. Um, uh, yeah, of course not. I think is the thing about it. And I think that's kind of an, an irony to it that it misses is like, it thinks it's super mature and, salacious and all these things and it's like it's actually just like it's just egregious and obvious and missing the mark ironically yeah. um trying yeah. to think of like a single sexy moment that we've
2: read anytime recently um i don't think has Ooh, been in a while. Well,
0: that's gonna take some,
1: some research. yeah um... oh uh sue and sue and namor <laughs> they've
2: said that like oh man gonna it's <laughs> gonna really take wait me all Google night with this one fantastic
0: <laughs> four one two three four with with grant and Jay Lee. The um yeah. the Sue and Namor stuff. Oh yeah.
2: Oh for oh, yes. sure. Was yeah. And, like the Namor Sue stuff was like yeah, kinda hot between them. Like it, it built up the <laughs> that Namor like, you know, showing up at the door. Yeah, that was kinda hot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Good job.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I have a whole list if you want to hear the whole if you want to hear the whole, <laughs> whole list of all the things. I just want to point long. out that Dave did shoot
2: down uh God, what did we we were gonna do like something like a top five sexiest moments or something and you you were like i can't do the kevin smith thing um yeah yeah you something. guys were gonna
0: like rank characters by hotness and i'm like that's a oh yeah what am i James <laughs> it was something Bob? like that it was like march
2: madness but yeah. like what if the bracket was just how hot they are i mean you know it wasn't just gonna be the female characters at least but yeah oh, congrats <laughs> yeah that's true is, is that something i i do remember you specifically being like I, we can't do like kevin smith's podcast is that something that his podcast does a lot i don't know i don't listen <laughs> you told <laughs> me that oh, God, okay <laughs>
0: it's a joke and it's an example of of the type of <laughs> okay. type of things yeah, that yeah, those yeah. Uh, okay. i watched the first episode of comic book men i'm sure they talk about how hot a character makes them we don't need that much of that uh yeah. you know but uh yeah i don't like just like listen like if you want to see naked people like that's it, what the internet was invented for there's a there's a yeah. lot of options you know that are outside of comics i read the comics for the stories generally. Um, you know, Not. get sex out of my movies.
1: Yeah. I don't wanna see a yeah. sex scene in right.
2: TV, movies, books, music, art in general. You know, like yeah, I, don't a joke. See, no kissing, I don't no wanna sex.
1: see a naked person in the
2: music. Right. <laughs> I I don't wanna I don't wanna hear about it. Charlotte. I don't
0: wanna see day. it. <laughs> there was a joke going around that I that I loved that was this guy said, uh, my wife keeps trying to have sex with me and I'm just like what narrative purpose does this serve? How is this advancing the plot? It's perfect.
2: I really like the, the comeback to that of, like, someone who's taking the same tact with the, you know, that that trope of, like, sex scenes don't serve any narrative purpose, but using that for um, action and <laughs> just being like, sure. all these action scenes are so dumb because <laughs> what is the narrative pur- purpose of them fighting for 10 minutes? The John Wick movies could be distilled to 12 minutes of conversation.
0: <laughs> That reminds me, <laughs> I watched the Go. first half of John Wick 2 recently, and I've got it ahead oh, so of the middle good. half hour of Casablanca on my 2023 movie. I just
2: rewatched John Wick 2. John Wick 2, I watched all three, but number two. Ooh, number two's so good.
0: Is it's two your fave? favorite? Oh, yeah. Because I'm going to gonna, I'm gonna so finish nice, two and then like... do three soon.
1: I think yeah. I've yeah. also only seen the first so half hour of, uh, of John Wick 2.
2: <laughs> yeah? Oh my god.
1: Yeah, but like, it was like... It's a strong ago, first half, half hour.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, the, like yeah. It I opens, mean, it's very strong. None of them are weak. All three movies are excellent. Uh but Okay, good. I had in my are head you watching that it like
0: it fell off. On
2: your f- No. No. And people the fourth one's getting the best reviews. Yeah, of all. yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the excited one's about that. Getting huge critical buzz, but uh... I had
0: to I had to rewatch it cuz I interviewed Matt Kent and he wrote Berserker with Keanu. Mm-hmm. So I was yeah. like obviously I got to watch John Wick ahead of this interview. Um Turns also BT Dubs like so Berserker is it's not my favorite comic, but, like, it's it's very competent, and Ron Garney does some cool art and stuff. And But it turns out, like, Keanu was, like, a really active collaborator. I Like, I would just, sure. I don't know, if you see, like, a celebrity involved with these comics, you know, stuff happens all the time. But it's like, all right, they, they say, hey, do this idea, and then they walk away or whatever. Keanu was, like, really mm-hmm. into it, according yeah. to Matt Kent. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that's cool. Seems it's, like an surprising. interesting creative presence.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I wasn't, I I was kind of down on John Wick 3 the first time I saw it. But I think I was actually, we saw a double feature of Midsommar and then John Wick 3. (laughs) And I think I was like just a little exhausted and literally sleepy. Yeah. uh, Because I was like a little grumpy because it went up hugely in my estimation this time. It's, yeah, they're all, they're all really good. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this baby up. I got to go see John Wick 4. All right. I might go
0: see that today. Yeah. This is my Marlon. Oh, shirt. Dave!
2: Wait, sorry, Dave. I gotta rub it in. Last night, went to San Diego women's soccer season opening. Played Chicago,
0: <laughs> kicked your ass. I, I yeah.
2: It literally, the uh, the whistle blew uh, like ninety three minutes in, end of the game, and uh, and I turned to Rose and I said, F- "You, Dave." <laughs> <laughs> and she said, wow. "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Why?" Does he care about? Him? And I was no. like, "Oh yeah, he's from Chicago."
0: Oh man, that's amazing. I love that this is like your your rivalry between us that we have that I I definitely <laughs> no need to. I know it's it's all in my head <laughs> yeah 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 no it's fantastic um you uh, got a no. you got San Diego State in the March Madness tourney I don't know if that does anything for you but uh, uh no local it does college does for me okay
2: no but that's that's exciting maybe uh maybe I'd watch a game if they get a little farther you should go to a Red Stars game uh in the the NWSL
0: that's is that the a, Chicago team time. mm-hmm yep the Red Stars you got, you got oh, some like good the, players yeah like the flag right Right, right.
2: Yep yeah good uh good, I good say, team what our, what i mean we've I... beat you i think three times met with you three times and beat you all three times
0: but you know sounds like it's team. going well sounds like it's going yeah. really well for us okay cool yeah um
1: charlotte any local
0: sports you want to update us on
1: sure if i knew about any <laughs> okay okay We're maybe like do some research next time yeah trying to speedrun uh, <laughs> revolt yeah <laughs> 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 like right now, the the the, the national sport is uh, striking in the streets. So we're good oh, yeah. at that. <laughs> We've had a lot uh, of practice. Yeah, you are. Yeah.
2: I I was reading about that, and I was like, it's because they raised the pension age by two years. Like, wow, the the French are on edge. <laughs> like, I like I can't imagine the kind of stuff that you'd have to do to Americans to get that kind of a response. But it could li- like it would literally be Americans would be like, you know what, you can't retire anymore period and we'd be like
1: ah yeah yeah darn it. <laughs> yeah But, but like, it's <laughs> what a bummer the it, the the strikes started with like the that reform but like it's it's about like basically everything sure, that has been going on with much the, with macron's that, yeah. uh like uh, mm. uh time oh, as, as president like the overall Sorry, state of, you just made uh, me. of french politics uh but yeah so scrumptious, so yeah. scrumptious.
2: Yeah. That little, that little crust on the outside and the, the soft inside. Well, mm-hmm. if you guys do
0: any French idea. politics talk on next week's variant, I won't be here. So I would love to... Uh, I guess actually this oh, let's w- just, it won't be next week Yeah, we'll episode, announce it you know? now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next, n- the next variant we record will just be Charlotte and I talking French politics. Well, well let me know because yeah. that's how I will catch up because certainly I will not be catching up any other way. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can go to patreon.com slash to support the show and also to nominate your own issues like mm-hmm. Rob yeah. did today. Thank you, Rob, for your support. Um, interesting choice, really interesting choice. I'm going to give Rob a solid. Honestly, I'm going to give just a full pass, a full passing oh, grade yeah. for this yeah, selection. Yeah. Really interesting selection, and I'm glad we had it to talk about. I'd I'm rather read give an, an interesting him an failure, failure an than grade. an unstable grade. An unstable <laughs> grade.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always rather read
0: own.
2: like an interesting failure than like a boring totally mediocre success right like something that we're like yeah that was fine that kind oh, of felt so like, like any the... other issue
1: did did you like in civil molecules better than the uh, way the ringos fantastic four
2: no 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 i really okay. like that okay okay <laughs> people just don't wow. believe me when i say i like that <laughs> I, re- I have basically no complaints about the Fantastic Four. Sure, like, sure. I just don't have that much praise for it. But no, uh-huh. it's good. Like, I read extra. I read more than you. I'm a bigger fan. <laughs> sure. I'm the real fan. Charlotte is so skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> Zach's
0: just <laughs> falling deeper and deeper into I'm a I'm the pit. real fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave, Charlotte, Zach. You can find us at My this Year at Comic Herald. Music is by Disasterpiece. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next year.
1: See you next year. See you next year. Yeah. Next year.